Well, hey there, this is Keith. Listen, before we start the episode today, I just wanted to take a moment and speak directly to anyone who might be listening who's still in the closet. Well, the first thing I want to tell you is that's perfectly okay. Do what is best for you when it is best. Never let anyone else pressure you in this decision. But let's say that you are thinking about coming out, or there's a part of you that really does want to come out, but you want to do so very carefully, very slowly, very strategically, and even very selectively. Well, if that's you, my friend, I've got you covered. I want you to go to the show notes and use a link there to check out my Selective Outage Method digital course. I think you're going to be surprised, and I believe it'll help you as you plan your coming out. All right, let's get on with the podcast. Hello, and welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm Keith Brown, and I'm so glad that you could join me for this podcast, where my passion in life is to help my LGBTQIA Christian family heal their church trauma, and hopefully construct genuine faith. Before we begin, let me just tell you a little bit about me. For the last 30 plus years, I've had the joy of teaching, speaking, and performing as a comedy magician in my in-person events all over the United States. I'm also the published author of fiction and nonfiction books, and one of the greatest joys I've had in life is pastoral counseling, coaching, and mentoring hundreds and hundreds of people over the last 30 plus years. I'm proud of all those things. But can I also tell you, I know what it's like to hurt and I know what it's like to suffer deep church trauma, specifically around sexual identity, as so many of you obviously have as well. So if that's something that you can buy into and you would like to partner with me as we try to help each other in this journey thing we call life, then you're in the right place. I encourage you to grab a cup of coffee, sit at my table, and let's have a chat. One disclaimer though, please. I am not a medical professional, nor am I a licensed therapist. So if you need either of those services, please do consult a local professional. Otherwise, let's get it started here on Coffee with Keith. Hello, my friend, and welcome to a Bible Talks edition of Coffee with Keith. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me for this podcast. Um, before we jump into the Bible text for this coming Sunday, um, I just want to remind you, please do subscribe to the program. And if you can, share that program. Share share this uh, podcast with your friends, your family. Um just help us help us get the word out because uh, I really need you to to do that so that we can build our audience and reach more people and that's uh, that's important because the reason we want to reach more people is because we want to act impact more lives positively and I need your help to do that so I appreciate it very much and I also want to just reiterate what you heard before the show actually began about the Rainbow Champions it's coming up in July. Um, it's going to be a fabulous time of healing and strength and accountability. Uh, just, I just want to invite you to really pray about being a part of that and get into the early bird uh, pricing because you're going to save some bucks there. And of course, we all want to have a chance to save some money, right? So uh, check it out. The link will be in the show notes and I want to invite you to apply for that and, and uh, join the rest of us in this, what I think is going to be a great program. All right, today we're going to talk about this coming Sunday's text, and it's going to come from the Gospel of Luke. Now, I'm not going to read it to you today, because if you've been in the church for any amount of time, I'm sure you understand when I say the word Palm Sunday, right? 
This is that Sunday that we celebrate yearly. This is when we begin to get really um, involved in preparation of the Passion Week, the Easter uh, event, uh, the, the death, the crucifixion of Christ and his ultimate resurrection and the celebration that we do at Easter time. Well, this coming Sunday is Palm Sunday. And in, and if you are not familiar with it, the, it's typically a time when people will take palm branches and they'll wave them um, in celebration and remembrance of Jesus's entry into the city where he went in and they were waving palm branches and they were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. They were praising him. Um, his group was gathered around his disciples and some other supporters, and they were cheering him on, if you will, as he entered the city. And I think all that's great, and it, it's a great story, and I invite you to go back and read uh, the Gospel of Luke and the account of Jesus's triumphal entry into the city and the palm branches and all that stuff. Um, but I want to kind of take it a little bit differently today because I really want to talk about something that's on my heart here. And, and, and the reason it's on my heart is because I have seen it quite a bit displayed this week. And let me share, you, share with you what I mean. In this telling of Jesus's entry, there is excitement. His disciples are there with him. They're going along. They're obviously pumped for his entrance. Um, his followers are there. They're cheering for him, for him waving the branches. It's, it's a sign of, of, of great um, support, great uh, love and respect for Jesus. But here's the thing that I want to really think about in this episode. It's kind of interesting how in this particular moment, as Jesus enters, there is this celebration and praise to Jesus. And then yet, in just a few short days, the table will be turned, so to speak. Because the people will go from singing Hosanna to crucify him. Crucify him. Crucify him. Even his own disciples at his crucifixion will run and hide and cower in an upper room. And Peter, the beloved disciple, the Bible says, denies Jesus three times before the rooster crows. So in one glorious moment, Jesus is coming in with palms waving and people cheering, and the next, he's being abandoned, and in some cases, even attacked. And as I reflect on that, I start thinking about how easy it is for some of us to lose our faith. And I say easy, I don't mean that it is without problems and without sacrifice and without some pain involved. What I mean by easy is that it seems that for some of us, especially those within the community who suffer the consequences of just being queer and Christian and the attacks therein, it can become very easy just to walk away from the faith. And I get that. It especially is true of those that were raised in the evangelical world, like myself. In one moment, you're raising your hands and singing praises in a worship service to God. You're speaking Bible verses, and you're, you're just talking about Jesus everywhere you go. And the next, because of who you truly are, 
you're being hurt. You're being ridiculed. You're being talked down upon to a degree that sometimes you can't even believe. And it is in those darkest moments, in the midst of that dark trauma, which you, my dear friend, probably know so well if this is you, it becomes very tempting. And maybe that's a better word. It becomes very tempting for us to walk away from our faith, to lay it down, to completely say, I've had enough. I can't take this behavior anymore. I can't accept these attacks anymore. I can't deal with this anymore. This faith that I loved, this faith that I followed, this this all this stuff that I was part of now seems to be turned against me. And therefore, I feel that I have no alternate choice but to leave it. Well, I get that. I do. It is hard. And I'm not going to try to sugarcoat that. Being a queer Christian in our world today is not easy. It's not. You're going to be attacked. You're going to be hurt. You're going to suffer because of that. I wish it were not so, and it certainly is better in a lot of circles, but it is not there yet. We know. So, I know that it becomes very tempting to walk away. But I don't think we have to do that. Now, if you are a person who really desires not to lose your faith, and you really want your faith, and you you want to try everything within you to try to keep your faith, that's great. But let me give you if I can, just a few little things that I want to suggest you put into your life as we deal with this. Now, as I often say, I'm the king of acrostics. And so I was sitting and meditating on this and thinking about this, and I wrote the word faith, F-A-I-T-H, on a piece of paper. And as I think about these things and I prepare for these, these talks, my brain works in a way that I begin to formulate topics and, and uh, points based on these letters from a word that stimulates the idea. That's sort of how it works. Uh, I really can't explain the, the, exactly how it works because my brain is kind of weird that way. But anyway, the word faith. So if you just take that word and maybe write it down when you have a chance on a vertical piece of paper and just remember these five things. The first is this. Find your support. Find your people. Now, anytime you ever hear me teach or speak or whatever in relation to um, trying to grow and trying to heal trauma, you're going to probably hear me say in some form or fashion, you got to find your people. Because I believe that. I believe that if we try to heal, if we try to walk in our lives of of trying to improve, to get better, to to heal our trauma, to, to live out a life that we were destined to live, we can't do that successfully as an island. I think we have to, especially when you're trying to heal trauma, find your people. So that's the first thing I want to encourage you to do. 
If you are a person who is struggling right now and you're, you're tempted to walk away from your faith, the first thing that I would say is find people of like mind. Find people that are LGBTQIA. Find people that are at least affirming of the queer community. Find people who are Christian. Find those people. The second is A, accept help from those people. Now, that should go without saying, but it really can't because there's a lot of us who become so prideful or so um, bashful, perhaps even, that we fail to accept the help of other people that want to pour into us. We need to, 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 to go to them and, and, and get them to help us with accountability, with encouragement, and with instruction, Be willing to listen. Be willing to ask for help. Be willing to incorporate their suggestions if they fit in alignment with your heart and your spirit. But if nothing else, accept their help of presence. The fact that they are willing to be in your life, to love all over you, accept that at a minimum. Because nothing, and I mean nothing, It's going to help you more in your growth and in your healing than the love and belonging with others, including, obviously, God. All right, so the F is find your people. The A is accept that help. The third I, include your heart and your mind. Now, let me me just kind of share where this is coming from. I have spent... Most of my life, my childhood life and my adult life within the evangelical church. I attended evangelical church. I went to evangelical seminaries. I pastored in evangelical churches. I have served, served, served in the evangelical world. I have friends that are evangelical. I have family that's evangelical. I know the evangelical world. I also know that that faith is often a heart-driven faith. What do I mean by that? I mean, it is the type of faith where you may be in a worship service and the music just lifts people up and they're standing. Maybe they're in a charismatic style worship and they're raising their hands and they're singing or whatever. Or maybe it's in a more uh, traditional church and they're just just singing a hymn and, and the hymn is, is softly sung and people are crying. They're emotionally connected with this song. Or maybe you've gone to a church where there's an altar call and the pastor just keeps pounding, you must be saved, you must repent, you must be saved, you need to accept Jesus, all of the trouble you're going, you know, that that on and on, that, that call. It's a very hard, it's a very emotionally driven experience in a lot of evangelical church. And let me say, there's nothing, in my opinion, wrong with some of that, okay? We need to be careful that we are not completely driven by our emotions. But I do believe that it's okay for God to interact with us inside of our hearts, in our emotions, in our, in our stirrings. I think that's legitimate. I think that's okay. But here's the thing. It can't be just that. If you are struggling with keeping your faith, one reason might be that it is just heart-related and not mind-related. What do I mean by that? There is the attempt in a lot of evangelical circles, and a lot of 
evangelical churches and even among a lot of evangelical pastors to tell you that if you ask hard questions, if you want to think things through, if you want to be curious about how God works and how the Bible works and how history of the Bible works and how the history of faith works and how the history of the church works. If you want to ask these difficult questions, there are some within the evangelical church that are going to say, you shouldn't do that. That's a lack of faith. Well, I disagree. Now, sure, there are times when if we ask the questions and we can't get easy answers, that might cause us for some reason to walk away. I see that happening. But I also see and believe that the majority of the time, if we have a heart for Jesus and we have a mind that thirsts for knowledge and information and answers, then if we put both of those together, then we are more likely to not abandon our faith. Does that make sense? I really believe that's true. And I do believe that's one of the reasons why a lot of younger people, especially, are walking away from the church and walking away from the faith because they feel that they can't ask the questions. They can't bring their mind into the equation. And I'm here to say that's not true. I think it's mandatory that we bring our mind as well as our heart into the equation. Okay? So the I includes your heart and your mind. That's perfectly okay. All right, what about the T? Pretty simple. Talk with God. You got to spend time with God. If you believe there is a God, and I hope you do, if you have loved God for any amount of time, which I hope you have, if you've served God for any number of years, which I, again, hope that's true, then God should be, or at least was, a real presence in your life. So now that you are struggling, now that you're dealing with your trauma, now that you're questioning, now that you're wondering if you should give up this faith and just walk away, I would invite you or plead with you to just take some time and talk to God. You don't have to do some formal prayer. You don't have to say all the right words. You don't have to address God in some special magic, magic way. You just need to pour out your heart. Tell God what you're thinking. Tell God what you're struggling with. Tell God what, what's going on in your life. Tell God where your frustrations are. Tell God where your temptations are to walk away. Tell, tell God why you're struggling. But talking, let me remind you, is a two-way street. Not only do you pour out to God, not only do you need to tell God what you need to tell God, but I am also convinced, my dear friend, that you've got to spend some time in quietness to hear that still small voice with inside of you. And one of the reasons why we don't hear God is because our lives are just too daggone busy. They're too cluttered. They're too loud. Does that make sense to you? So spend that time talking with God. I think that's going to be important. And the last one, 
the H in faith. Hold to your boundaries. Hold to your boundaries. Have you set any? Do you have certain things that you do not allow people to do or say within your presence or to you? Are you holding a firm line about what you will accept to invade your space of being for your protection and well-being and ultimately for your thriving? Boundaries are important because they tell the world what we will allow in our lives. So that's my suggestion, my dear friend, those five little things from the word faith. Let me just add one practical thing today when it comes to the boundaries. The first place that I want to encourage you to start is in your social media. Firstly, I want to encourage you to be careful how much time you're spending there. Secondly, I want you to feel free and validated to unfollow, delete, and even block harmful people in your life online. That is a practical, legitimate way to insulate ourselves from the horrific attacks that can come in that space. So that's, that's a practical thing I want you to, to think really think about. Um, I do it myself. I mean, I, I, I don't, I'm on social media. I do a lot of posting because of the work I do, trying to make connections with people who need me. Um, but I, if you go on any of my social posts, you're going to see all types of ugliness. But many times you won't see them all because there are times that if I see something that I think is well above the, you know, beyond the uh, scope of acceptance, I will delete and I will block because I think that's a necessity to protect not only in my case, me, but also those people that follow me. I don't want them to see that junk either. So, how you doing? How you doing? If you need help, if you're struggling, um, I get it. It's okay. Don't, don't beat yourself up. But also, I want to encourage you to connect with me. And if there's a way that I can serve you, if there's a way I can help you, uh, whether it's through the uh, Rainbow uh, Rainbow Champions or whether it's through an individual coaching. Uh, you know, I have a month-long uh, coaching I do, but it's it's limited to a number, certain number of people per month. I, I can't do but so many per month, but if you want to be one of those, just reach out to me and we can talk about that. We can set up a discovery call that's free to, to see if it's a good fit. Um, whatever things I can do to help you, that's why I'm here because that's my mission. And God and his love and his grace is my source. So until next time, my dear friend, work on healing those hurts, moving those mountains, and may God truly bless you. Bye-bye.